Some say the age of the earth is irrelevant to Christianity because it's not a salvation issue. That's partially true. But a wrong view on the age of the earth does have gospel implications, and we'll explain how today on Creation Magazine Live. Get ready for another faith-building audio podcast brought to you by your friends at creation.com. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Alexander Osborne. And I'm Richard Fangrad. Now today, we're looking into questions like, do you need to be a young earth creationist to be a Christian? Mm -hmm. Does the age of the earth impact gospel doctrines like how Jesus' physical death paid for sin? Right, and, and if it does, should six-day recent creation be a part of your church's statement of faith? If the age of the earth doesn't impact essential doctrines, then why on earth are we doing these shows? <laughs> yeah, right. What's the point of this entire <laughs> ministry, right? Ah. Is the question about when God created really a hill to die on for Christians? Our experience has been that these questions provoke a lot of sometimes heated discussions, yeah, right? Really so in the next half hour, we're going to carefully work through each of these questions. Okay, yeah. Now, not, not sure this will help. It'll likely cause a bit of confusion, but the direction we're heading here today is that the age of the earth issue is not a salvation issue, but it is a gospel issue. Now we're going to spend the rest of our time explaining that. <laughs> Let's begin by repeating what we've said many times. You do not have to be a young earth creationist to be a Christian. Right. So there's the first question answered. That's the first question. Now, for, the, for you diehard creationists out there who are shocked and our answer, please be patient, we'll, we'll add more explanation we'll in a minute. Yep. Meanwhile, others might be thinking, hey, if CMI <laughs> admits that people don't need to believe that God created recently to be saved, then it's not a salvation issue, right? It right. doesn't matter, it, it's a side issue, it doesn't matter, period. So why do young earth creationists make such a big deal about it? Because it's a gospel issue. Because it's a gospel issue, right. <laughs> it does matter. It is a big deal, yep. and now it's going to take some time to explain why it actually is a gospel issue. Right. Let's start with this question. What do you need to believe to be saved? Hmm. Well, you need to believe that there's one true God, yeah. that God is holy, that our sin separates us from a holy God, that God sent Jesus to die for our sins, mm -hmm. that he raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. If you ask for forgiveness for your sins and put your faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord, you will be saved. Amen. Notice creation isn't on that list. That's right. What else isn't on that list? Your view on abortion? Your view on how many genders there are? Your view on racism and what should be done to overcome racist attitudes? Whether hell means eternal conscious punishment or simply annihilation? What you believe about the sequence and character of end times events? and the return of Christ, yeah. and the nature of the new heavens and the new earth, your views on Calvinism versus Arminianism, and how one reconciles man's responsibility with God's sovereignty and salvation, your views on the role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, and whether certain miraculous gifts ceased with the apostolic age or whether they continue today, okay. whether the kenotic theory or the hypostatic union more accurately describes the incarnation, your views on the inerrancy of scripture, your view on the Trinity, your view on whether Jesus physically died and physically rose from the dead as as opposed to just a spiritual okay, death. Okay, okay, slow down there. But oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> now, but but some of those are important doctrines. Very, right? yeah, very important. The point is, is that there are many, many issues along with the age of the earth issue that people 
don't need to have a solid understanding of in order to be saved. Right. Or let's just say to get into the kingdom. Yeah, just like the thief on the cross. Yeah, right? that's a good example. Yeah. Like he didn't understand core Christian doctrines and yet he was saved, right? That's right, yeah. However, some of you might be saying, now wait a minute, those are important issues and some of them have a huge impact yep. on how we understand the gospel. Very important. That's true. Yep. Some of those things, if you have an unbiblical view of them, it will lead to the destruction of the gospel. 100%, yeah. But is it necessary to fully understand the biblical description of any of those issues in order to be saved? Well, no. For example, you don't need to fully understand that there is one God who manifests himself in three persons in order to be saved, right? Right. But, but the doctrine of the Trinity is vital to the gospel. Yes, it is. <laughs> if Jesus were only a man and not also at the same time fully God, no matter how good he was, then he was incapable of taking the sins of the world on himself. Right, that's right. So you can be confused about the Trinity right. and still be saved. But the doctrine of the Trinity is so vital that if you take the position, so, so moving beyond confusion here, yeah. that Jesus isn't God, it puts you outside of Orthodox Christianity. Right, like it, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Unitarians, yes, and others yeah. like that. Yeah. So while a confused understanding of the doctrine of the Trinity, for example, may not prevent someone from being truly saved, it is vital to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's clarify how understanding a certain doctrine would not be needed for salvation, yet is needed for the gospel. Okay, now it, it may help if we think of a timeline here. Okay, and yeah. For all those of you who've been Christians for a while, think of your own life and your own walk with Christ. Yeah. At the point you were saved, you had, let's say, a basic understanding of what salvation was all about. Sure. Maybe you weren't sure about the Trinity and didn't have an understanding of what Jesus emptied himself of, hmm. uh, but as you grew spiritually through reading God's word and fellowshipping with other believers, your understanding of the nuances of the gospel doctrines deepened. Right, like, like think of the kenosis of Christ, for example. Kenosis comes from a Greek word that is often translated to empty, like in Philippians 2.7, where it says that Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Early in your Christian life, you may have thought that this meant that Jesus gave up his divine attributes like omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, but he didn't. Right, yeah. And, and he, he certainly kept those veiled yeah, yeah, right. most of the time. But it's clear throughout the New Testament that Jesus had those attributes. Absolutely. And also, the people at the time understood that he claimed to be God, yeah. equal with God the Father, and they were ready to kill him because of it. Right, yeah, exactly. And the true identity of Christ is critical to the gospel. <laughs> yes. But can you see how not fully understanding it doesn't prevent you from being saved? Most people only come to know the importance of doctrines like the hypostatic union, for example, after they're, they're saved. Right. As believers continue to be transformed by the renewing of their mind, the details of the gospel become clearer. Right, yeah, and in the same way, you can believe that the earth is millions of years old and be saved, as we've right. said, but it's massively inconsistent with the That's gospel, and, yep. and we'll show you how. We're going to list now four key points that connect the age of the earth issue to the gospel. Right, yeah, and point number one is in Genesis 1.31, God pronounced his creation very good. Very good. Yep. And in the two verses before that, we read that in the very good world, both people and animals ate plants. Yep. So before sin, there was no death, 
no disease, no bloodshed. You didn't need to worry about being violently attacked by wild animals or bitten by poisonous animals or getting pricked by thorns even or accidentally eating poisonous plants. It was a very was good a world. Very good world, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot more detail that can be deduced from scripture to support the conclusion right. that the very good world before sin right. did not include the death of people or animals. Right. There's a Hebrew phrase, nefesh kaya, that is translated living being. This phrase is applied to both people and, let's say, vertebrate animals, yeah, yeah. but does not apply to things like insects or plants. So the biblical picture is that there was no death of nefesh kaya life before sin. Okay, yeah. So the first point, there was no death in the very good world, right. but that didn't last. Nope. <laughs> uh, in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, God told Adam, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Right. Now, this indicates that there had been no death in the world up to that point, but once Adam ate the fruit of that tree, he would surely die. Yeah, and that's point number two. Adam's sin ended the very good world. Yeah. It brought in physical death, disease, pain, suffering, and the curse on creation. This is such a key event to the key history event. of the universe. Adam and Eve did exactly what God said not to do. Yes. And disobeying God is sin. Yeah. And the result transitioned the original very good world to a world that we see around us today that is not very good, not very good. to no. say the least. Uh, note that both spiritual death and physical death were involved there. Spiritual right. death, sinful man was now separated from a holy God, and physical death now became a reality. Right. Uh, for example, in Genesis 3.19, God tells Adam, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Mm -hmm. Now, that's obviously talking about physical death. Right. There, right. So that's two of the four points connecting the age of the earth issue to the gospel. Now, point three follows directly from point two, and it is there is a connection between sin and death. It should right. be obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a concept that is vital to the gospel is the link between sin and death. Absolutely. You've probably all heard that Jesus died to pay for sin, right? That's pretty I popular. Think most people yep. have heard that. There's a link between sin and death. Yeah. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. There's a link, yeah. And that link was established back in Genesis That's at the very first sin. Yeah, yeah. Now notice the connection here between sin and death. Again, right. very important. Adam sinned and that transitioned the world from very good, no death, right. to the world we have today. Not very good and all yeah. die. As yep. it says in Romans 5.12, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man, and here it is, yep. and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. Right, and notice it says all men. Of course, this right. is the generic men that includes women as well, just in case you ladies thought you were safe. <laughs> and if anyone's hoping to be saved by being a good person, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Isaiah 64.6 says, All our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Yeah, and, and that means we're all in trouble, yeah. right? There's 100%. no amount of good that we can do to earn our salvation. Right. So what's the solution? If there's no amount of good you can do to get to heaven, what's the how do we get our sins forgiven? Right. 
Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Now again, notice the connection here between sin and here, it's clearly talking about physical death, isn't it? Right. Physical yeah. death is the payment required for the forgiveness of sins. I mean, we can die to pay for our sins, which would involve being uh, yeah. separated from God's goodness forever and punished for eternity in hell. But fortunately, God provided a substitute so yes. that the price of death could be paid on our behalf by someone else, and we could spend forever with holy God in a sinless, very good world. That's right. Yeah, Jesus, who is God himself, is that substitute. Right. Romans 6.23 says, yes, for the wages of sin is death, but here's the good news, but the free gift of God is eternal right. life in Christ yeah. Jesus our Lord. The bad news is that we all sin and are all destined for eternal punishment. The good news is that Jesus lived a sinless life yes. and died in the place of all those who would believe. Yeah. Believers' sins were transferred to him and his righteous life was transferred to them so that when God the Father looks at the Christian, he sees Christ's sinless life. Mm. We get to heaven not because we're good, but because Christ is good. Our righteousness is from God. Yes, yeah. Philippians 3, 9 says, And be found in him, now, now here it is, not having a righteousness of my own mm. that comes from the law. Right. In other words, not my own good works in following all of God's law, his commandments, that, that right. no one can keep anyways. Yep. But that which comes through faith in Christ, mm. the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Right. That's how we're saved. Yeah. When we turn to Christ by faith, that means believing that he died for our sins and following him as Lord over our lives. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, yeah, and that's amazingly great. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. Right. Having paid for our sins by his death, Jesus then defeated death by rising from the dead. And we can be saved through faith in him alone. Right. Amen. Yeah. And the gospel is good news for everyone. Yes. If you haven't turned to Christ, we plead with you, do that now. Yep. Turn to Christ and be saved. So the final point, point number four, is Jesus dies to pay for sins. We've said what you believe about creation and the age of the earth is not a salvation issue, but it is a gospel issue. It connects to the gospel specifically to the points we just summarized in such a way that if the earth really is millions of years old, the gospel collapses. Yeah. How? <laughs> Good question. Here it is. By adding millions of years into the Bible, it breaks the link between sin and ah. death, which was established back in Genesis. Right. And, and if there's no connection between sin and death, then Jesus they didn't die didn't to pay for die sins. Die to pay for our sins, yeah. All four of these points come crashing down, yep. you know? How does adding millions of years into Genesis, in other words, adopting the history of evolution, even if you don't believe in evolution, how does the millions of years break the link between sin and death? The Bible's time scale is critical. Yes, it is. The time scale can be deduced from Scripture. It's, it's not real hard to do. No. Because of the chronogenealogies found in Genesis 5 and Genesis 11, as, as well as other time markers right. laid out in the Old Testament there, we know it's been only about 6,000 years or so since creation yeah. week. Now that means if we are tempted to add in millions or billions of years, they have to go in before right. the end of creation week. Yeah. And that's a great temptation. You know, we get it. The millions of years are all over the place in yes. documentaries, textbooks, yep. movies. 
It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And because it's so popular for Christians, there's a, a little voice suggesting, well, maybe you could uh, fit it in there. Yeah. I don't know how, but maybe. And there's no big deal, right? Good Christians, I know, believe in an old earth. Great men of God in yep. the past uh, thought the earth was old. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a big temptation to yep. cast doubt on the time markers in Scripture. People suggest that, well, maybe the, maybe the creation days aren't literal days, or maybe Genesis 1 is, is poetry. Maybe there was a gap of billions of years just before creation week began. Maybe Genesis 1 is allegory for the Big right. Bang and, and the evolutionary timeline of you know, 13.7, 13.8 billion years, that kind of right. stuff. Right, and we've dealt with all of these, yes, you know, all length. of these suggestions before on this show. They all fail. <laughs> if you're wondering about any of those, just look them up on our website at creation.com or look through previous shows. That's right, yeah. Okay, let's add the next piece to the puzzle. Yeah. The long time scale, the millions of years, comes from geology. Right. Those layers of rock that we see in many places around the world were laid down, where we're told, slowly yeah. over eons of time. Yeah, and within those rock layers are dead things. Yes. Dead plants and animals preserved as fossils. But that's not all. There's pain and diseases and extinction yep. and carnivorous activity, violent death. There are even fossil thorns there. Yeah, here's a picture of a fossil thorn that's supposedly millions of years old. Wow. The thorns came after sin, right? And here's a picture of a hadrosaur vertebrae with a T-Rex tooth embedded between two wow. of its vertebrae. And the bone is healed over a little bit. That must mean that the poor hadrosaur lived for some time after the attack, right? Like, likely in terrible pain. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So could God have called all of this very good? That's the point. Hmm. Remember that if the fossil record really is a record of the burial of life over eons of time, the only place it could really fit in... Well, it doesn't is, fit anywhere. But. It, it doesn't fit in anywhere. But, okay, <laughs> the only place where people attempt to fit right. it in yeah. is before Adam sinned. Right, so... That places all these terrible things that scientists have found in the fossil record, along with all the obviously dead things, yes. before sin. Yep. In other words, the baggage that comes with the millions of years history is death before sin. Death is not the result of sin then. Yeah, and in that case, death has nothing to do with sin. Yeah. There's no connection between sin and death. And if there's no connection between them, if death is not the result of sin... Then we don't need a Savior. Then we don't need right? a Savior. So that took a while to unpack. But if you work the logic through, yeah. like, like we've done these last 20 minutes or so, the baggage that comes with the millions of years is death, pain, thorns, disease, etc. Right. So by attempting to add millions of years into the Bible, you're really adding death before sin, something that the Bible doesn't support, yeah. and it undermines the gospel. That's right, yeah. And CMI has heard many accounts of people with a church background who became convinced of the millions of years. Yeah. It starts them on a slippery slope away from Christ. Yeah, consider Charles Templeton. He's a famous yeah. example. He Good was example. a Canadian evangelist that at, at one point was more famous than Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. He traveled around the world with, with Billy Graham's team. Here's a picture of him in Fredericton, New Brunswick in the right. 50s. Later in life, he wrote, Farewell to God, My Reasons for Rejecting the Christian Faith. Yeah, sad. And in that book, a big factor at the start of his rejecting Christianity was that he became convinced that the history in the Bible regarding a recent creation was wrong. Yes, yeah, he, he records in his book how he told Billy Graham about it. He said, but Billy, it's simply not possible any longer to believe, for instance, the biblical account of creation. The world wasn't created over a period of days a few thousand years ago. 
It has evolved over millions of years. It is not a matter of speculation. It's demonstrable fact, he writes. Right, and eventually he would swallow evolution along with the millions of years, but it began with millions of years, and that led him away from the gospel. He was taught to just add millions of years into Genesis while taking Old Testament courses at Princeton University. that's ironic. In his book, he complains about how God is so cruel. He wrote, Why does God's grand design require creatures with teeth designed to crush spines or rend flesh, claws fashioned to seize and tear, venom to paralyze, mouths to suck blood, coils to constrict and smother, even expandable jaws so that prey may be swallowed whole and alive? Nature is, in Tennyson's vivid phrase, red in tooth and claw, and life is a carnival of blood. So he's looking at life today and seeing these things and then assuming that this has gone on for millions of years, including long before Adam, when the world was supposed to be very good. He he thought God called all these things very good. Now, we understand that these things aren't consistent with what God calls good, but Templeton was wrong about the millions of years. Right. He then concludes, How could a loving and omnipotent God create such horrors as we have been contemplating? The answer is, he didn't. No. God created a world that didn't include things that scientists find in the fossil record. Right, so some of you might be freaking out right now, right? Like, (laughs) if there's no millions of years, then how can we explain things like the layers of rock, the fossil record, and other things (laughs) that we're told take a long time? Yeah, and it's understanding Noah's flood is the solution. 100%. The flood is the key to making sense of the age of the earth debate because a flood would do things very quickly that without a flood would take a yeah. long time. Yeah, like erosion, sedimentation, mountain building, uh, continental drift. The flood accelerated all those processes. Yes, yes. So, back to the questions we posed at the start. Right. Do you need to be a young earth creationist to be a Christian? We already said no. no. Does the age of the earth impact gospel doctrine such as how Jesus' physical death paid for sins? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> Adding millions of years to the Bible breaks the link between sin and death. Next one, should six-day recent creation be a part of your church's statement of faith? Hmm. Now, that's for your church leaders to decide, but here's some food for thought. Is the Trinity part of your church's statement of faith? It Ah, it probably is. Interesting, yeah. The age of the earth issue is different than the Trinity. You, You can go your entire Christian life believing that the earth is old and still be saved. Right. They're similar in that denying the Trinity and accepting millions of years are hugely inconsistent with the gospel. But believing the millions of years is not heresy, while believing that Jesus isn't God is definitely heresy. Yeah, okay, so maybe not a direct apples-to-apples comparison there. But the point is, in both cases, if someone wanted to join your church and they had wrong views in either of those areas— the right thing to do would be to sit down with them yep. and help them work through those issues, right. those inconsistencies, so that they have a more solid understanding of the gospel, right? Yeah, like, yeah. sure. And, and that should happen continually as believers yes. fellowship growing together as a normal part of a healthy church. Last question. Is the question about when God created really a hill to die on for Christians? Well, we believe it is. Look yeah, at Charles absolutely. Templeton. He was logically consistent he was wrong about the age of the earth, but he was consistent. If yeah. there's death, pain, diseases, etc., before sin, it is inconsistent with the nature of God and incompatible with the Bible, and it undermines the gospel. Yeah. The question about when God created really is important. It's very important. We hope that was helpful. Our time is gone. Many more details could be added. 
If you have any questions about this or anything regarding creation and the flood, just do a search at creation.com. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you next week. And remember, Christianity is an evidence-based faith. And science supports scripture. Creation Magazine Live is a production of Creation Ministries International, the publisher of Creation Magazine and the minds behind creation.com. If you want to chip in to support our ministry, go to creation.com donate. And thanks for listening.